Most small business owners don't think of themselves as content producers. I'm not sure I would classify myself as a content producer. But today's guest, Joe Polizzi, thinks that you should start thinking of yourself like someone who owns a media brand, not just a facilitation coaching training brand. And Joe is a best-selling author. He's written a book called Content Inc., and the second edition is out in May 2021. Thousands and thousands of copies sold. And Joe talks about strategy in his book. It's about knowing what people need to read, need to hear, and of course need to think so they want to work with you and buy from you. Now, it doesn't matter if you describe yourself as a coach, consultant, trainer, etc. It doesn't even matter what kind of business you're in, but you're probably already posting something online, blog posts, articles, social media stuff. And that's exactly what we talk about when we say content. But here's a question for you. Is it the best stuff you have? Are you giving away your best content? Now, probably not, I would argue. And that's judging by some of the stuff I read online. But my guest today, Joe Polizzi, says that you should actually want to give away your best stuff. And you do this by focusing on the content that solves the most costly problems for your clients. So in today's episode, what exactly is this thing called content marketing? Why getting world-class at content marketing is really going to transform how you attract the right people for you? Why consultants, trainers, coaches like you and me need to create a media brand? How do you write content that wins subscribers? What do great articles and posts actually look like in terms of structure? Why consistency really, really matters to your audience? what Joe means by your content tilt, why you should give away your best content, and how things like newsletters can really help you to attract great clients. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. It's Thursday. It's another episode of the Training Business Podcast. I'm your host, your weekly host. And this is the show for people like you and me, people in the business of making a living from working as trainers, coaches, facilitators. We're independents in learning and development or something which helps corporate clients, your clients, be the very best that they can be. And I don't want to restrict this just to things like management training and sales training and leadership training, but it could be IT training. It could be resilience training. It could be anything which helps you to make money from your expert brand. And I run my own training business as a sales coach. And just like you, I was for a long, long time trying to figure out a bunch of things. How do I get clients? How do I market myself? How do I write proposals? How do I decide who my ideal customer is? and so much more. So the goal of this show every Thursday is to help you to answer those questions and, of course, help you to start to grow and to scale your business. So today's guest, as I said before the music, is best-selling author Joe Polizzi, who's written a fantastic book called Content Inc., how people, anyone, in fact, with the right message can build a six- or seven-figure business. And this is the journey I'm on with trainingbusiness.com, fingers crossed. And of course, it's my pleasure to bring you someone like Joe, who can help you to get to the next stage of your training business journey, facilitation business journey, by writing great content. Let's meet Joe. 
Joe, welcome to the show. Mark, thanks for having me. You wrote a book called Content Inc. a number of years ago, and the new edition's out next month on May 25th. Time of recording now is April 2021. What's changed since you wrote the first edition of the book? Content Inc. is interesting because Content Inc. is really focused on the small business. And I wrote, as I said, you said, I wrote it the first edition in 2015. You know, why mm. write another one? And what I realized, especially with this whole thing with the pandemic, content creation has just been booming. And you have more and more people creating content, email newsletters, they're doing podcasts, videos, they're doing all kinds of things, but most don't have a strategy. Most don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. Most don't have any idea of what long-term they're trying to do. Are they really trying to build an audience? What do you want that audience to do? Do you build an audience large enough where you can actually exit this at some point? You know, what, what is it? Where does it fit in your business? And I thought this was a great time to go relook mm-hmm. at the model. We did a bunch of interviews, found changed the model a little bit. It's a seven-step model now. And uh, and I'm ex- I'm excited for the fact that content creators are comprising maybe the largest new business category on the planet right now. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. So what's changed in the interim? I mean, 21, I, I guess with COVID right now, people are just like me behind laptops and desktops and we're on Zoom all day. So we're anxious to create some kind of uh, value which leads people to our door. So that, I guess, is what content creation is, at least from my perspective. I don't do it necessarily because I love to do it. I do it because it's something that's going to prove authority, credibility, domain authority. And you, you said also that all companies are media companies. So if someone is listening to this and then they're thinking, hang on a sec, I thought I was a trainer. Actually, I'm a media company. Yeah. Why should we get them to, to make this mental shift? Well, first of all, I don't, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You're, you're probably creating some kind of content, distributing that to a group of people. Could be on social media, could be through your email newsletter. Well, you're a publisher. Now, do you take it seriously? Most of us don't. Most small businesses don't. Most trainers don't. So what we want to do is say, okay, well, since we're doing this anyways, and we're spending time spreading this content, around, maybe it should help our business. And what we found at what was really interesting, Mark, is what we found out in the new set of case studies that we created this new model is instead of just spreading that content all over the place, what we found out is that the ones that are really successful that are growing these multi-million dollar businesses are just building for the most part on one platform. They have a podcast or they have an email newsletter or they have a blog or they have a YouTube series or they have a Twitch channel and they're not doing everything all at one time, which is where a lot of small businesses get in trouble because they're like, oh, just because we can, maybe we should. Maybe we should do the Twitter thing. Maybe we should be on LinkedIn. Maybe No, maybe you shouldn't. Strategy is about saying no. You really have to focus on being great at one thing. And so that's the one area. And the other area, Mark, is what we found is that going you can't go small enough. So these, these amazing businesses are finding these incredible niches to, to target instead of going broad and saying, oh, I, well, I have, my audience is this, so I want to target all of them. No, that's mm-hmm. actually a mistake. What you want to do is focus on a very small part and give away the most uh, unbelievable, indispensable information. And that's, I know you have a lot of consultants in your listenership, and that's mm-hmm. where consultants get a little hesitant, right? They're like, I don't want to give away all exactly. the information. All my nice but, stuff. Yeah. No, but actually you do. You want to give away the best information. You want to give away that information that makes you, you and differentiated. And that's where you'll get. Will some people use that and not hire you? Sure. 2% will. You don't want that business. You want the 98% that says, wow, 
they're really helping me. They're helping me live a lot mm. better life or get a better job. They will ultimately hire you. That's the business you want. I mean, I've, mm. I was in consulting for 10 years and I had to learn that and talk to other consultants and say, look, if you hide your competition right now is giving their best information away. People are going to hire them over you. So your information has to be better than theirs. You have to be completely authentic and just put it all out there. And then you'll get more business because I know it's counterintuitive, but that's what we see. It is. And people say to me, do I have to give my best stuff away? Should I? People will, won't, won't hire me if I, if I do. But that's not true. I think you're right. If, if people don't feel you have enough credibility or can help them with by writing content, sharing content that proves you know what you're talking about, it's actually decreasing your likelihood of being um, hired. The thing is though, and again, I'm speaking from first person experience here. I've had a long day. I mean, yesterday was a really long day. I had two clients in APAC, Asia Pacific, and then I went into some kind of uh, prep and just basic admin stuff in the morning. And then I had a couple of content, uh, sorry, content pieces to write. And then I had two 90 minute sessions with one team in the UK and then one team over in Pasadena and Austin. That's a long day. How, how on earth do, am I going to find now time to sit down and write an article? I, I have to do it. But if I've had a long day back to back, I'm, I'm, I'm whacked. I've spent time on Zoom. How do I you know, produce content which is actually worth reading? Well, first of all, I mean, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. I don't know your particular situation, Mark, but you, you can choose to mm. do some things and choose not to do other things when it yeah, comes true. to building your audience. So that's when, when I, I mean, back in the day when I'd go in and do audits for these large enterprises, they were doing 14 to 16 different things. Mm. And they would think I would come in and make recommendations to oh, say, hey, you got to create more stuff. You got to write more information. And I usually came in and said, no, you have to stop doing things. You have to focus on being great at this one thing, yeah. or maybe you have this unbelievable blog post once a month and you're not creating weekly or daily posts that aren't as impactful. So that's the, that's the one area I would look at. The second area, I think you have to look at what it's doing for your business. Now, I believe that the best type of business to start would be you build an audience first and then on the back of that, then you can create your products and services. But this is how we... Build, you talked about trust and credibility. This is how you build trust and credibility. This is your pipeline. This is this. If you do this really well, let's say you build a very loyal audience of a thousand people in your email subscriber list that get that they get it every week and they absolutely love it. Well, that's your pipeline. You'll, mm. you'll never, if you do this right, you'll never have to go out and, and hunt for business. It will always be there at your doorstep because this is the way that you go to market. And I think. You have to integrate it in your business into such a way that that it's so important. I mean, I think it's the most important thing you do because a digital content experience, that's all there is right now, especially coming off yeah. of COVID. This that's is right. it. That's this it. is how we go to market today. You're not going to go to you're not going to workshops, you're not going to in-person events. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, they're going to listen to your podcast or, or download your video or whatever they're going to do. And you have to be there for them when they need you all the time. What, what's the way to do that through your content? Now, it doesn't mean and we can probably talk about outsourcing. You can absolutely outsource to other people too, if, if that's a decision. Although most of the case studies we looked at, it's usually the, the entrepreneur, the business owner that's doing the content. Or at the very least, they could put together some kind of structure bullet points and then perhaps outsource this to someone to transform that into an article. Uh, now, I guess there's a whole bunch of things we can come to in terms of keywords and so on. But the principle is that 
if we're training, if we're looking for clients as consultants, as coaches, as facilitators, if people are performing searches online these days, they're either finding us or competitors. And I guess Google is going to prioritize content creators because their algorithm obviously favors uh, consistent creation of content. And it's, it's true of YouTube, I guess, as well. Um, if, if we're looking to do this, then is there a kind of a recipe for what great content looks like? And the reason I'm asking this is because as someone who consumes content, I find a lot of fluff online, you know, yes. clickbait where it's, you know, like a, a four or 500 word article. It's just generic stuff. And then I come to someone like Neil Patel and Neil's a past guest on the show who probably is widely recognized for being, being the, the go-to person when it comes to SEO, you know, how to be found on Google and so on. But his stuff is really, really in-depth, you know, pictures and links and research. And I look at this and I think, man, oh man, I, I couldn't do that. Or I could, it would take me perhaps three or four days to write an article. So is there a happy medium where someone say, is saying, you know, I'm a busy trainer or facilitator. I need to do something which is impactful, which search engines like, which prospective clients like, but doesn't take me all day, all week to mm -hmm. produce. No, it's, it's a great point. And the first thing is, and it's hard to do this, but you have to not think of the what, you have to think of the why first. Okay. Right. So why are we going to do this in the first place? And how am I going to make this amazing impact? And that starts with something we call the content tilt. So what is your differentiation area that you can cut through all that clutter and actually stand out, whether that's in Google and YouTube or on a podcast or whatever? So just like you have a training business, your consultancy, what sets you apart? What is your secret sauce? So you have to figure out from a content standpoint, what are you doing that's different? Why should people care? I mean, type in cloud computing right now into Google and what comes up. You've got yeah. information from Salesforce and IBM and Oracle. And you know what? It's all the same. I can't differentiate it. It is. That's I, it, true. It's surprising. It, even from big brands, it's quite exactly. Generic. Well, big yeah. brands are the worst about it. There's somebody yeah. said, Oh, we've got to have this content and we've got to get found in this search and whatever. And mm. somebody's there creating content that sounds just like everything else. So you have to first plan on, okay, I know you have an expertise area. I know you have a skill area, but what is that specific audience? And what is that mm. desire that they have? What are their pain points to keep them up at night? And you're going to be solving with content, probably similar to what you would solve as your consultancy or as your training program, but you're doing it with content. Okay, great. That's fine. That's the one thing. Figure out what that differentiation is. And then the formula is actually really simple, Mark. It's like whatever you choose, however you choose to communicate that story, you could do it through your podcast, you could do it through video, you could do it through Twitch if you're a gamer, you know, whatever the case is, you have to do it consistently over a long period of time or it's not worth it. So if you said, Joe, I like this content marketing thing, I I'd like to do it. I I've got six months. What should I expect? Yeah, I would say expect nothing. Expect nothing really? in six months. This is, a, this is a marathon and not a sprint. So if you need business in six months, go advertise, go disrupt people. traffic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go, go buy keywords, go, uh, go buy advertising on Facebook that, that will help more than doing whatever it is, whether it's you getting found in Google for search or whether you're building an amazing audience on a podcast, like you are Mark, whatever the case is, you have to do it over a long period of time. I'll give you a quick example. Mm -hmm. I, when I started my, so I left corporate America and started a business in 2007 around this area called content marketing. It took 22 months, 22 months. Now we were building an audience through a blog and an email newsletter, but it was, that's all we were doing for 22 months until I actually thought it was working. Now 
12 months after that 22 months, we became a multi-million dollar business, one of the fastest growing businesses uh, in, in media in North America. But the first 22 months were a haul. Painful. It was very difficult. Yeah. So it takes time. Just like starting it, starting a business, it takes time. So that's why most people fail at this market is because they don't set that consistent rhythm like your heartbeat. It's got to be you know, every week, every day. And, and that's the thing is you talked about how much content do I need? Maybe yours is. I know a great marketer named Andy Crestadina. He does one amazing Neil Patel-like post a month. Mm-hmm. That's enough for his business. But it's so good. It's like you you anticipate you're like, oh my God, what is this? When's this blog post coming out? Because I know it's going to help me with my job. That's the kind of thing we're looking for. So real good quality, something that speaks to your prospective audience as a consultant, something that solves a problem, highlights authority. So that 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 sounds uh I wouldn't say doable, but it's something we can aspire to. What about getting other people to write? Now I know we're not straying into the the topic of hiring writers, that's a different discipline. But one thing I'm considering is getting, um, let's say, other trainers to write. So if I want other trainers, other consultants to write for my brand, what kind of guidelines would I give them so that there's a consistency in terms of approach and and style? Yeah, I mean, that that matters. Yeah, I mean, you're becoming a managing editor then. And that's, I mean, so when we... So basically when we launched Content Marketing Institute, it was just me. You know, I was I was writing three blog posts a week and that's what I did. And I mm. said, well, I, I need to focus more on strategy to your point. Mm. Like I, I don't want to write all the time. I want to do a different part of the business. What can I do? Well, the first thing I hired was a managing editor. And that managing now that could have been me, but I wanted somebody to actually do this. So we hired a managing editor, and that managing editor was responsible to go out and find writers, influencers, oh, really? other other marketers hmm. that we would because we wanted what we wanted to do was go Monday through Friday with a blog post. Now again, I wouldn't I wouldn't say do this today, but this was back in 2010, and it really made a lot of sense at that time to do that. And you, you make your list. So I'm sure you have a short list, Mark, of people that you'd really like to get involved in your business that you feel mm-hmm. have, have the proficiency. And that's one. And the second thing is, are they influencers in and of themselves? So if they wrote for you, do they have a network that they can spread this content out that you can maybe steal some of their audience, can become some of your audience? That's the kind of guest writers or influencers that I'm mm-hmm. looking for. And then you actually have to create a document that says, here's what we expect. And here's what we don't expect. I just, I'm doing some guest writing now for a social media publishing site. And I got a two page thing that said, look, if it's not original, if you're repurposing it from somewhere else, you've got to get the right images. I mean, it's not easy to do, but what they're saying is, is that we care so much about our audience. You can't just come in here and throw up some kind of fluff. It has to be game changing information. So you have to set those expectations ahead of time. So quickly get your list together of those people that you want, start reaching out. It takes time to do this. It'll take three to six months to get the whole thing together. But once you have it running, then maybe you don't have to create that content all the time. Maybe you do one post a week or one Mm -hmm. post a month and you have an amazing team that can then not only publish on your platform, but spread that message out to the rest of Mm -hmm. the the internet and social media and help you build an audience. Now, I, th- I think we've kind of answered this partially, but someone has said to me as recently as, as three days ago, um, I see you writing, Mark. Should I write 800 words, 1,000 words, 1,200 words? Does it really matter? Um, and I think it does because from a search engine perspective, um, so I'm told below a certain uh, volume of words, 
the search engine might prioritize someone else's content over yours. However, however, um, give me great content over a th- two th- two thousand words of waffle any time. So, if someone's saying, "What does a great article look like?" Perhaps in terms of paragraph depth, uh, number of subheadings. Let's think of structure for a moment. It isn't just words. There's got to be some kind of model, perhaps like challenge, solution, result, or something which is a hero's journey where people writing as a consultant might schedule or rather outline the problem that a client of theirs faces. And then they move into the solution, which of course is what they offer as a product or service or program or training. And the result, the final part is then the results that ideally the person they're hoping to have as a reader recognizes that goal in in those results and says, hey, that's what I want. I mean, Mm -hmm. is there a model or a structure some kind of style that that makes for a great, um, let's say, web-based blog post article. Well, gen- generally, it's just like a public speaking engagement mark. It's, it's tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. <laughs> I learned that, you know, my first day of becoming a <laughs> Disney trainer. Actually, that was the first thing I That's I it, right? Yeah. It, it's, it, and it works really well. I mean, yeah. I, I started teaching public speaking, you know, 30 years ago, and, and that's exactly how we did. And then, then we get in, then I get into writing, especially SEO-based writing. And I'm like, mm. oh, that's it. So the first thing that you want to do is, and this is a, a really good little cheat sheet thing, is you want to have a hit list of 50 to 100 words of of phrases, key phrases where you could be found. So what is that? Like, So mine is right now, I'm targeting this thing called a content entrepreneur. So I'm focused on writing a amazing article and resource around that area of content entrepreneur, somebody, or it might be content creator, or how, you know, maybe you might say, how, how do I get found in Google? Maybe that's something you want to do, but there's a lot of competition around there. So figure out what those are, and then you can start to create articles on the back of those things and then go through the process. Okay. Well, I'm going to say in the first paragraph, this, <laughs> this is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to go through and generally as much as I hate to say it, Mark numbered lists do amazing. Yeah. They continue to do amazing. Yeah. 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 So so if if you were saying, what's the topic? I would say uh, five five exit strategy considerations for content entrepreneurs. So -hmm. that's my story. So I'm going to talk about, oh, okay, well, why is exit strategies important? Or why are exit strategies important? Why does the content entrepreneur need to think about that? Here are the five things or the six things that you need to do right now. And then at the end, I'm going to summarize and say, you know, Mm -hmm. exit strategies are really important. (laughs) <laughs> like we said, and you go through that. Ta-da. And, yeah. And, and it's real it, it's really, yeah. really simple. And by the way, you need to realize if you're not doing this, the the first many months are gonna be terrible. And it's okay. I mean, if I go back to my blog post that I wrote in 2007, I look at them and I cringe. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. It's horrible. Yeah. It takes a while yourself, to get into a rhythm. Other people. Yeah. It takes a while. Just like if you're yeah. a runner, you know, the first couple months of running, it's just horrible. Or if you're trying to get on a diet, you just can't get into the rhythm for the first few weeks. It's all the same thing. It takes, you have to do this over a long period of time and get it. And then you will find your rhythm, you know, after a few months and and you're, you're good to go. I guess if you're creating that uh, expectation in your audience, in my case, podcast uh, every Thursday, but if you're creating that consistency, people come to expect it and perhaps even rely upon it. So you'll, you'll be disappointing someone if you if you break that cadence. And I know people have, have uh, maybe gone off the boil for a while, don't write for a while, don't publish something for a while. 
Um, and there's a it's strong the worst thing. It's the oh. worst thing because people find something else to read and that's your that's right. audience gone. Once you build that audience and get that audience, if you, I mean, that's your pro you content is your promise to your customers. Yeah. You're delivering that. Like and that. once you don't deliver, you might lose them forever and you probably will. So it's, it's very hard to get that mojo back. So you, you've got to make sure that you deliver on those expectations that they have and that they want to, they want to get great information. They signed up for whatever you're delivering. You better deliver just like you would in your business. Mm. It's the same thing. What about um, getting sponsors to write content? There is, there's an argument out there that that's not really the true voice of your brand. If you, let's say, I'm working with uh, some company and, and they say, yeah, we, we, you've an audience. Let's say you have a leadership brand. We wouldn't mind plugging X in front of your audience or uh, writing content that, that, that uh, leads the audience to our um, sign-up form or something like that. Sure. Have you a view on that? So basically, if you're tr you're, you're you're doing it to monetize to monetize your, your blog, but yeah. yeah, that that's fine. I mean, there's there's lots of different ways to monetize. Well, once you build an audience, you can monetize in eight to diff ten different ways. Sometimes what you're talking about is a sponsorship partnership deal, which is that's absolutely it. a thing. Uh, you've got to be very very careful because as soon as you give that platform over to somebody else if you don't take great care you will again what you might lose that audience yeah. what i would prefer with that is an honest take from you the writer from, from okay. you 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 the platform builder like if you like a certain if you want to do some brand thing i would do it where if you see what joe rogan has done on his podcast or you see uh you know there's a guy named Pomp out there that has a great cryptocurrency newsletter. He only promotes things he uses or really likes. Absolutely. And he'll give you an honest take on that. And he'll go through and do the content, you know, do a little paragraph. This is why I like it. Here's what I don't, whatever. But that's coming from the trusted expert. So I would just be very careful um, if you give your platform over to somebody else. <laughs> it's like somebody driving your car. Or you know, managing your sailboat in the water. You know, okay, good. Are they going to wreck it? They absolutely could wreck it. Probably. So you just got to be careful when you yeah, do that. I agree. No, that's not my strategy right now. But I've, I'm, I keep seeing people out there saying, you know, sponsored content's hot. What's even really topical right now, even more so, seems to be, um, let's say, a trainer listening to this thinks, well, I've got content on my own platform. How can I take my content? and and put it somewhere else so you mentioned guest writing uh we could write for medium.com we could sure. write for other people's platforms so if i'm for example a leadership trainer or uh some kind of it trainer and i and i have expertise i've got content on my site but i now want to share this on other people's platforms i even want to for example get published on on inc or entrepreneur or forbes or some specialist uh, industry uh, publication for my area how, is that is that worthwhile doing? Does that lead to business, in your opinion? Is it worth it, all the it, effort? It can be. Well, the, mm. the important part from a technical search engine optimization standpoint is if they will allow you to publish links to back to your website. Let's say that you want to write for Anchor Entrepreneur Magazine, and you've got your bio in there, and it goes back to your website. That's a very powerful thing. That's I mean, a follow a back, link. Yeah. A backlink is yeah. a big deal mm. from, a, from a reputable site. Now, then again, if you wanted to be the weekly columnist for Entrepreneur Inc. or whatever is your training website in the industry, that's fantastic. I mean, if that's, if that's part of your strategy, you have the time to do it, great. Why wouldn't you want to do it? 
uh, because then more people find you. I mean, I've, I did, I wrote for, you know, for me, I wrote for B2B magazine for a long time. I had guest articles and marketing profs all the time. It was part of the strategy. So you have to decide, okay, because you got to do original content and it's not the same content on your platform. It's got to be different. So you have to make the decision say, okay, well, I'm going to do my weekly post on my own website. And then every month I'm going to have this. I mean, I do have, obviously you and I are talking, I do guest podcasts all the time. Uh, getting your name out in front of other audiences is sort of a key to making this whole thing work. So I'm a big believer in that. Mm-hmm. If some of those could be at a column position, then go for it. I'd, I'd pick, you know, pick your three to five, choose with one. Start with one if they accept you, go from there, see how it goes. And, and then uh, you can always add another one down the road. So you could, you could take different platforms. Uh, if you're not a writer, you could try video. If you're not a video person, you could try audio. So content takes different forms, of course. Yeah, I mean, t- t- absolutely, you know, we're talking mostly about writing, Mark. Mm. But you could just as easily say, I mean, in the book, it, I've got all kinds of case studies on podcasts. I've got case studies on people that just do one Instagram post today. A lot of trainers do actually. Mm. They'll just say, okay, what's my platform? So what is your platform? Is it in a Facebook group? Is it a LinkedIn group? Um, is it a Discord server? You know, whatever it is, that's where you can start building your platform. And then once you build a loyal audience, then you can diversify out. So at Content Marketing Institute, we started with just the blog. And then after a couple of years, we said, oh, now we're going to do a magazine. So we did a print magazine, believe it or not. And then we said, oh, now I want to do an event series. So we started our event series. That's how you really build out this whole model Mm -hmm. so that you can, and I like to use this octopus analogy where you can, you want to wrap your customers in content love with all these different (laughs) arms of content. That's where you, that's where you get to the, that's the holy grail. Because once you're doing that and once they're, what we found as a business is once our customers and our audience, once they were engaging in at least three different types of content that we had, whether it was the podcast, the newsletter, the blog, whatever, webinar series, they became our best customers and it wasn't even close. They mm. they paid all the money. They went to all the events. They paid more. They did all the exclusive things. That's what we got to. And that's where you're at as a, mm. as a business. You're like, it's almost on autopilot then. You've just created a multi-million dollar enterprise because of all this content you've created, because this audience is so valuable. So I have to ask you about that because this is one of the reasons my personal um, interest in reading the book and talking to you, of course, is that I'm developing trainingbusiness.com to be over time. Uh, I can't say how long that will take um, a, an authority site. So what is the roadmap to developing a six-figure media business? And I'm not just thinking selfishly here. Someone who has put their heart and soul into writing uh, really good content on their subject as a facilitator. Let's say they work with with legal firms or pharmaceuticals as a facilitator, as some kind of sure. consultant. Um, so arguably, they are the business. And, and if they stop training or facilitating or coaching, that's that revenue stream dried up. So if I want to monetize all this content, which I've used or repurpose it for the benefit of my my readership, um, with a view to to monetizing it, and hopefully, hopefully, developing revenue streams on the back of my blogging, not just my training. Um, is six figures aspirational? Is it possible? And it is is seven figures, uh, you know, beyond beyond um, possible? Is that aspirational? No, it's a great question. What I, mm. this is why I love this model, Mark, and I think it's the greatest business model on the planet because we've used it. And then, of course, I interviewed dozens and dozens of businesses 
what we're seeing is if you do this model correctly, in about five years, you should have a valuation of about $5 million. I mean, when we, so I started with just me. And then once we started, then my wife came on and she ran operations. We went with two full-time employees for, let's see, nine years. And after the nine years, we sold for a little less than $30 million US. And we just, we only had the two, we only had the two employees the whole time. Now we had a lot of, you know, we talked about a lot of freelancers that you hire, a lot of guest writers. We had a lot of people doing a lot of different things, but it was just, you know, two, two full-time employees. So what you want to do, and there's sort of a timing to this. So the Mm. first 12 to 18 months, you're building that base. So you're building that email newsletter, you're building that podcast, whatever the case is. And then everything you do is focused on audience building. Don't get to monetization yet. Don't worry. I got to get sponsor. I got to get money for it. Just build what we call a minimum viable audience. Mm. What is that for you? Is that a thousand true fans? thousand people signed up to your email newsletter is it a 5000 downloads on your podcast i don't know get set that whatever that is for you set that and go then you dip your toe into some revenue just so you can start paying the bills and keep the lights on that could be even donations it could be paid content it could be you're writing books you could be doing a workshop or a webinar anything like that you maybe you sell a product on the side like your training or your service great you've started there wonderful then you get into that diversification. Now you're at the 24 month standpoint around there that now you start to really blow this out of the water where you're saying, okay, we're actually going to have the event series for our industry. Great. We're going to have every month, we're going to put out these paid eBooks. Great. We're going to do that. Uh, we're, you, you, maybe you then take your podcast, Mark, and you say, okay, well, I'm going to add an email newsletter to this so I can create even more audience. You build out that whole thing. And then generally in five years, if you do it right, somebody would probably buy you for seven figures. Yes, please. That's generally <laughs> what we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's in the book. I mean, if you look at, you know, Brian Clark at Copy Blogger, you look at that, my friend, oh, yeah, Wally, yeah. My friend Wally Koval launched mm-hmm. an, a daily Instagram uh, feed called Accidentally Wes Anderson. He just got a huge book deal and it became a New York Times bestseller. This is from just daily Instagram Pope post folks. I mean, this is, this is how it works, but it's that consistent delivery of indispensable content. You do it over time and, and amazing things happen. So it's absolutely a seven figure plus opportunity. The problem mark is most people quit before, before 12 months. Yeah. Um, they just don't, they just don't go through the marathon and you have to. And you have to, if you want to, if you want to exit. And I guess that's often a thing that, that many trainers don't think about many, Consultants, we leave corporates. We we start this thing for the purpose of of control over how we work and when we work and with whom we work. But we're not thinking about what the exit looks like. And I can think of a couple of people, and I've referred to this actually on a previous episode. People in their sixties, late sixties, thinking, "I've all this time. I've spent years doing this, and I've nothing to show for it apart from the income, which is largely now spent." Um, all this, all this value, the stuff between my ears, that should be out there in some format. That's right. Which I that can monetize. You. And that's that's the toughest thing. With I mean, I've worked with consultants for years. I've done presentations for consultants. That's the biggest pushback I get is that everything I have in, is in my head. And if I put it out there, somebody's going to steal it. And I always say, somebody already has. Somebody's <laughs> yes, already somebody's already doing that. You're while you're keeping it to yourself, mm. somebody else is going out there and they're building a multi-million dollar media enterprise behind your concept. 
So that's where you have to go and get that out there and, and do that. And we're and we're seeing, and by the way, the, the opportunity is there now because you can build an audience. 20 years ago, you couldn't do the things we're talking about. You couldn't build a, a podcast and go straight to the listener and them to get your information and download what you have. You couldn't build something where they could find you directly in Google. You had to go through a magazine or a newspaper or a radio station or a television yeah, or snail station. Mail. Yeah, yeah, snail mail. Now you can actually do this and build the audience yourself. And it's an amazing opportunity uh, to sort of turn the, a business model on its head and say, well, I don't have to lead product or service first. I can actually lead first and say, yeah, if I, if I stick with this for nine to 12 months and build this audience, I can see the path for financial freedom and for an exit if you wish to someday. I mean, by the way, this is two days ago, my buddy who didn't want the full exit. He wanted to sell his podcast. He sold his podcast for $20,000. They're paying him $5,000 a month for two years. That's what he wanted. It's a side, it was a side project for side him. And he's like, he's like, oh, this is great. I just, I'm like, great. If that's what you wanted, because by the way, there's a lot of big companies out there that will buy, buy your audience because they're not very good at consistently delivering something differentiated. So that's why you're seeing huge, huge acquisitions, mm. not huge as in size, but a lot of acquisitions going on right now. Uh, if, if there's another option, if you wish to exit. So I think you've made the case very well for why people should not just think of themselves as, as trainers, but we're knowledge banks. We have experience and that experience, either it's in our brains and it stays there or people only experience it when we're with them working. Or we, we could start to think, what does this look like if I take it outside of my head and put it somewhere in the form of a training course, some kind of uh, newsletter, some kind of PDFs, lead magnets. And when we can, we can repurpose things. Um, we can sure. use stuff like an article and break that down into an Instagram post or some kind of LinkedIn post or even some kind of quick video. So there's a thousand ways to actually well, break one, one good tip especially for consultants mm. is uh the the blog to book strategy which i'm a big fan of that's how i wrote my my first book my second book my third book is i basically said okay here's the book i want to write mm. and here are 60 blog posts that would go into this book and you go ahead and then every week i would i would write the blog post and then by the time i was done i had the book so oh, okay there you go that's a really that's good really way good. to say yeah. hey, i want to write a book but i don't have the time well just you know that's part of your daily schedule and you'll basically write a chapter a day or every other day. And, and then by the time you're done, you've got 90% of a book. So uh, perhaps a bit off topic, but let's say you have a book, you, you get your blog posts, you get your content. How do you get that book into one, the people's hands, your ideal customer's hands? And secondly, how do you market it in a way that actually people notice? Because um, there's so many books out there, they're just sitting there gathering dust. Oh, well, you could do it the very hard way, not have an audience and chrome out with the book. And then you have to do all, you know, all the guest shows and the guest posts and you have to buy advertising and you're on Google and Amazon and you're all the spot and doing it the really, really hard way. Or the way that I would do it is first start with something like a podcast or start with an email newsletter, build that audience over nine to 12 months. So you have something and then come out with the book and those people will buy it. That, that's that's the much easier way to do it. It's so much easier today for me to launch a book than it was 10 years ago. I wrote my first book in 2008 and getting, I mean, I had to do the whole thing. I went to all these speeches. I did them for free, paid my own way, whatever I had to do to get the word out so I could sell a couple book copies. It was much easier when I had an audience of 200,000 and said, hey, book's done. Go get it. <laughs> it's just 
you just just go the other direction with it. That's what mm. I would do. Final question then for me is um, something I've I've kind of overlooked, but people say it's, it's now really hot currency. Is this idea of being paid to write a newsletter? I hadn't thought of it. I mean, I often think of new newsletters as free. Uh, I sign up for something. I expect content in my inbox, but there seems to be. I've noticed a few. Um, companies. Uh, Courier is a magazine in the UK. It's quite uh, well known. I find it in airports and it's kind of, you know, like an artistic stroke. Oh, yeah. Owned by one. MailChimp now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know the one. But sure. I noticed recently they don't have a blog anymore. Um, it, it seems to be just um, their events, their magazine, and now their paid newsletter. I don't know. I think, yeah, paid is a big trend. I mean, Substack mm. came along. Substack, you, that's another yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You saw basically a lot of journalists that were leaving uh, whatever their media brands are, newspapers, media yeah. sites, and they're going and starting their own paid newsletter. Um, it is an opportunity to monetize. There's no doubt about it. But the the way that you generally do it first is you have one fr free newsletter. So, and then as you build that audience, then you have something else that's paid, a mm -hmm. special report on a monthly basis or whatever. So most, and I'm, I'm subscribed to a couple of Substack writers. That's absolutely how it's done. Every week, I will get a free newsletter that everyone gets. And you think you consider that marketing. And then middle of the week, this is the paid version. You get the really, really good stuff, right? So that's the way that you think about it. But again, you have to go back to the formula. You have to build the audience first. If you don't have an audience and you set up a paid newsletter, how are you going to get people to it? Exactly. You have to go through the you have Crickets. to go through paying for advertising and all the other stuff we just talked about. Yeah, expensive. I'm yeah. so looking forward to the book. I really am. I saw the book cover and I just read the subtitle. I thought, oh my goodness, that's for me. Uh, this is the journey I'm on with training business. And um, I thought I have to read this. So I'm looking forward to to May 25th. Um I'm sure we'll have it over here on this side of the pond. Uh, thanks to Amazon. Should be, should be, yeah, should absolutely. Be, yeah. yeah. Okay. So where can people find out more about you? Um, you Tilt, obviously you mentioned content tilt. That's your. Yeah. I've got a new business. Brand. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. it all over again. So the, the, the tilt.com <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an email newsletter. You go sign up at the tilt. Uh, it, it's basically an e-newsletter for content creators, just like you on how you can monetize your business. It's, it's an extension of the book. So Content Inc., as you said, comes out content-inc.com. You can get all the links to, to everywhere you need to go for that. And, and then I'm at Joe Polizzi on Twitter. So if you ever, you know, if you ever have a question, hit me up on, on Twitter and LinkedIn and all that good stuff. But content-inc.com is the uh, book site. Brilliant. Joe, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. Thanks, Mark. That was fun. Thanks to Joe Polizzi for being my guest today on the show. You can find out more about Joe by visiting his website, which is joepolizzi.com. If you click on the Books tab, you'll find out more information about Content Inc., the second edition of which comes out this month in May 2021. Over 100,000 copies sold worldwide, according to the website. And if you click on Content Inc.io, you'll find Joe's podcast where he helps people to turn out great content the kinds of content that encourage people to work with you. And that's exactly what I want in creating content on trainingbusiness.com. You've got some fantastic ideas for episodes, for guests, and for content. I know this because many of you write to me each week and you can find me on a range of platforms, including Twitter. And of course, you can contact me directly via mark at trainingbusiness.com. You'll find the podcast on your podcast platform of choice every single week, Apple, Apple, 
Stitcher, Spotify and many, many more. But until next Thursday, when I look forward to your company again, please stay safe, keep training, keep selling. Until next time, bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.